Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 86 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, Marco Silva. For the past six years, he has been part of the Microsoft Portuguese team, first as a consultant, architect and digital advisor, and now as a cloud solution architect. Working mainly in the telco and retail industries and building some of the coolest things for these customers. As cloud solution architect, his work consists of challenging his customers with new ideas and ways for them to take the most out of cloud technologies, which for him makes him one of the best jobs in the world. His academic background as an engineer specialized in artificial intelligence and computer graphics made him specially tailored to address digital challenges that his customers are facing in transforming their businesses by delivering technologies such as data mining and machine learning, cognitive intelligence, and of course, mixed augmented and virtual reality. Advanced data mining and AI and data science project courses at the Data Science and Business Analytics postgraduate course at ISEG, a professional speaker with more than 10 years of experience speaking in different national and international events. And he is the president of nonprofit organization called DISC Ties Cultural, an association focused on creating more awareness around modern board games and a way for him to give back to the community and to a hobby he loves so much for both these topics and he loves that he is the founder and the host of two podcasts building the future ai portugal podcast and dice podcast so yeah the it seems like a quite a lot of things our guest does today. So let's just welcome him and hear more about his career journey. How did he find his area of interest and manage it to lead that? Hello, Marco. Very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. Oh, thank you, Alicia, for, for the invitation and, and, and for, for this opportunity to share a little bit of uh, um, about AI and to have this conversation with you about leadership. So I'm very excited to, have, to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so it is completely my honor and the pleasure. So thank you so much for your time. To begin with, we have our first general segment, which is more or like a passion or the interest. So how did you find your interest in technology, especially the cloud computing? And what steps did you take to pursue a passion further or find that particular field in the particular technology as a career option? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, well, it, I, can, I can tell you the story behind this. It's, it's, it's a very funny story. Uh, I started out, uh, my, my mother's a dentist. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's funny that uh, she, I think she secretly always wanted me to be a dentist as well. I, I was a, her assistant for a long while when I was young. So I only knew this, but I always liked computers. And I remember this, uh, I was very young and uh, started programming in uh, Spectrum and, and building computers at home and stuff like that. And then I, I, I think my mother realized that okay maybe he's not going to be a doctor maybe he's not going to go pursue this uh, for her life because i had like computers everywhere in my room uh, i was setting up all of those things when i was young 
so, well, uh, I figured out that I wanted to go into engineering very early. Um, but I thought that I would be building games. I thought that I would be uh, a game developer. And many of my friends, uh, I was the only one that I, I knew that had this ambition. Many of my friends didn't have. Today, they're all, most of them building games and I'm in uh, enterprise. So it's some, something went there that changed my, 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 the way that uh, my life went. Uh, but my passion for AI and computer graphics is something that uh, came from, from, from the time that I was in university. I started teaching as an assistant when I was uh, in the university. So I went to engineering school, started teaching computer graphics, always thinking about maybe I'm going to go into, in, into games. And then uh, I found Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft recruited me as a Microsoft student partner. Mm -hmm. uh, this, it's a program that doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. Uh, I was the first year of the program here in Portugal. was uh, the, the first official year of the, mm -hmm. of the program. Um, got recruited. Loved being a Microsoft student partner. Got to know a little bit of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know if you remember this plugin that Microsoft had at the time called Silverlight. Mm -hmm. It was like a, it's similar to Flash. I was, uh, I was a young expert at that in that field uh, wow. here in Portugal, um, and I got recruited to build what uh, at the time was like the Netflix of in Portugal. Uh, this is back in 2008, where uh, well, Netflix only came to Portugal in 2000 and probably 2018, wow, that's a great probably. Idea. So uh -huh. 10 years later, it was, it was 10 years before building it uh, and it had to have a media player. So I, I went to, I started really getting into media and I was part of the team in Microsoft that was building uh, that uh, OTT uh -huh. platform for, for Portugal. Uh, well, Microsoft ended up recruiting me. Uh, I went to London, always in tech. But uh, AI stuck with me and then became the AI ambassador here in, in Portugal for, for Microsoft. Uh -huh. uh, so I think in, in, in a way, uh, the path ended up somewhere near where I thought it would be in the beginning. Still not in games. Maybe one day there's a friend of mine, uh, Miguel Vicente. He's in, uh, X, in the Xbox team. He, sometimes he messaged me saying, uh, there's a spot here for you. I'm waiting for you. There's like, there's a share here that has your name. You need to come. Uh, but haven't, it hasn't happened yet. But uh, still young, still time, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. There is a lot of things to do in life. So uh, thank you so much for sharing, actually. And uh, this is quite interesting to see that, you know, how you started and how you end up uh, being in the latest technologies as well, because technology trends keep on changing. So it shows your adaptability as well to learn the new skills and gain expertise in that particular space, which is an important aspect, I guess, being in the technology field. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing that. And our next segment is more or like a questions from the audience, mm -hmm. where I have shortlisted a couple of questions for you. So okay. The first question that we have is, uh, it is like a combination of two questions, actually. Mm -hmm. So how has integrating hybrid cloud being useful for Azure, what major challenges do you see while moving big data solutions to cloud? Okay. Okay. So yeah, it, it, it is a mesh of two questions. Uh, hybrid in, in, in particular, in my opinion, has been the, the biggest differentiator for Microsoft. So Microsoft Cloud in, uh, is been betting in, in hybrid uh, since the beginning uh, or very early on. Um, I do believe that there there are many uh, workloads that will never go to the cloud. Uh, things like uh, 
live video uh, AI uh, workloads. It's mm -hmm. not never going to the cloud. It doesn't make sense to send high definition video of uh, all the high definition cameras in a shopping mall to the cloud. J the cost itself would be unbearable. Uh, it needs mm -hmm. to be at the edge. Uh, automatic uh, automatic driving or autonomous driving. It's something that the, the latency for real time mm -hmm. will always be big. You won't have a data center. Uh, uh, you, you need to concentrate the data centers in, 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 well, you can have more and more, and Microsoft is launching more data centers every year, but it's not going to be in your street. But you need low latency to do many of these real-time data workflows and, and, and workloads. So you need you need real-time, so you need the edge. You need the edge, so you need something that it will work in the cloud and on the edge, and you can train models and you can build things in the cloud, deploy them from the cloud to the edge, and this is uh, edge computing and hybrid cloud uh, at the works. And I remember being in the United States in, the, in our uh, build conference back mm -hmm. when, we, when there were still uh, conferences in, in person uh, four or five years ago, seeing these as, as the, the strategy, as the vision for Microsoft. So I think hybrid was crucial. Uh, and, and then came the, the need for multi-cloud and, and, and customers to go in, into the, the multi-cloud world because there's no single vendor that has all of the answers mm -hmm. so you need also a hybrid with that and and probably there's a lot of workloads that if you pay for 24 7 your your uh, hardware then a small data center for that will also make sense on-prem for the customers so you need to have a control plane that manages every everything and this is microsoft started building their own control plane as something agnostic of all the the, the technologies that were there all the clouds so hybrid came in as well with azure arc and other management plane security and all of these concerns are across the the, the different layers so i think it's been it's, it's been very useful for azure to grow and strategic for, for customers to look at Microsoft and, and, and the Azure Cloud in a different way. So I, I'm very happy that we had this decision from the beginning because I think it's the correct one. In terms of the, the, the big data solutions and how they can be moved to the cloud. So the, I think the biggest challenge, the, uh, the answer is also a little bit of it depends, right? Depends on the workload and depends on, on the problem that is uh, you're moving. But um, um, Normally, the biggest problem that I get is anonymization of data. So when you move to the cloud, uh, you, you think about things like, okay, but it's going to leave my data center. Doesn't mean there's two, two points here. One is security. Normally, the cloud is more secure than you can get on your own data center unless you're completely offline and you have like this physical perimeter of security in your data center and you have like a... Uh, Fort Knox type uh, 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 solution that you have there. Uh, otherwise, the cloud will be more secure and more auditable, and you will be best, uh, more secure your data your, you, than your on prem. Still, it leaves your data center. So you need to anonymize. You need, there's regulatory needs that you need to fulfill that you wouldn't even need to read those laws if you would be building on your own data center because for most of them, you're already compliant. You didn't need to read the fine print. If you uh -huh. go to another data center, depending on the data that you're sending, there's, there's some obstacles there and some legal obstacles that you need to overcome. The other thing is real-time processing. If, if, you, if you're doing real-time processing today and your big data uh, need has that infrastructure and needs to go to the cloud, then how are you going to 
real-time process in the cloud. Uh, is the latency a problem? You need to do some decisions, some architecture decisions. But it's it's something that's been fairly studied. There's a lot of documentation that you can go through. Uh, the Microsoft, for instance, has a lot of cloud solution architects like myself that can help uh, customers do this. So it's I think five years ago it was a little bit tougher because we're still learning. Uh, yeah. Today, I think, uh, depending on the strategy that you're following, there's a recipe that you can follow that's fairly tested and there's not uh, going to be many problems. Yeah, I hope this is useful for the audience as well because a uh, lot more buzzwords around, right? AI, data science, big data. And uh, hopefully this answers their question. One more question we have is, what kind of a storage is best suited to handle unstructured data? Ah, uh, okay. So... Uh, <laughs> That is for sure a, a depends answer. So the correct answer would be it depends depends on the data. So, for instance, um, uh, well, I, I, I come from a media background. So if, if my unstructured data is media files, then blob storage would be the best. You wouldn't put that uh, uh, because you want to stream that. You want to probably process that video data in an AI model or something like that. So blob storage in a, in a table storage would be in a in a Azure storage would be the best suited. For, for that type of uh, data. For instance, if you're thinking about CSV files, then okay. probably, and you want to process those CSV files, then you're probably in a big data type, uh, data analytics and reporting types uh, workflow. So you would put that probably in the data lake, structure okay. that in, 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 date, in dates and uh, those files separate by dates. And then yeah. you could run workflows using data factory or or databricks to to process them so in terms of storage and if it's a, lo a lot of data and a lot of uh, csv files then that uh, um, i would say probably um data lake would be a best option in terms of cost and in terms of architecture but more generically I'm, I, i've been doing a lot of work with uh, um, um, cosmos db so cosmos db allows you to have this unstructured data, but be able to re create relationships between those unstructured data and have multiple APIs. Say you, you need, you want, you want to document DB, so you can, you can have those JSON files and metadata all unstructured in your, in your repository, but mm -hmm. you want to create relationships between them and have a, a graph API on top, for instance. And it, 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 you can, you can have this dynamic way of approaching the, 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 your unstructured data. Mm -hmm. This is very cool and very powerful. And the fact that it scales to basically whatever uh, latency that you want in terms of read latency. So you can, you can have gigabytes or terabytes of information and, and really be performant in the way that you access that data. Uh, so um, if, if you're trying to build things like a huge catalog of, of customers and, and metadata for those customers and products and relate everything, and that's all in structured data as it comes in and events and stuff like that. Cosmos DB is very performant, very good. Mm -hmm. Having good results with many customers and very complex architectures using Cosmos DB. It's it's not the data lake repository. It's a, it's a mix in between that's very good and agile. Uh, so yeah, depends, like I said, but uh, there's a lot of options <laughs> today. Yeah, Remember the that's SQL true. It's like a lot of platforms are competitive to each other. So it again yeah. depends upon, you know, what your business requires as well yeah. and uh, how much budget you are willing to spend on that particular thing. So a lot yeah, of for sure. come along with 
when you think about implementing any solution to the cloud technologies <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing and the next segment is more over like our fun segment or the relaxation segment but okay. i'm going to give you like a three keywords associated with your profile or the career Mm-hmm. and you have to just tell me whatever comes to your mind it can be a replacement keyword it can be abstract definition or after hearing all those three words if you want to make anything creative out of it so we are welcome to hear that as well okay are you ready go for it lisha yeah so the first word that we have is digitalization digitalization i think transformation uh so i think it's the, the the biggest thing that's been happening in the in in this last five years has been the transformation to digital and i i, I what comes to mind is things like uh the way that uh, we interact with public services today uh, medicine today and all of those services became a lot more digital most of them they were digital uh, i'm not talking paper to to computers and 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 email to letters that's not that type of digital transformation more like identities and and the way that you and and, and remoting like we are doing today is uh, these things become the new normal and and this is transformation of the business and i was so happy to to see the last five years and the way that they did yeah. uh, the first thing is transformation yeah that is very true and thank you so much for sharing that next keyword is podcast forecast oh i think reporting it's must it's it's a shame because the first thing that comes to mind and i i'm being honest and truthful with you like in, in your exercise uh-huh. is that a lot of my work still today is 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 around forecasting and yeah. uh, i'm so happy that um uh, re- those, those reports now have a lot of ai um yeah. and uh, th- what, what i think about is all the reports that i need to 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 study and uh, in my day today and all the metrics and KPIs that before I needed to use Excel and now I just think Power BI and reports and reports and all the forecasting coming on those reports automatically <laughs> so happy <laughs> yeah yeah and then a third keyword that we have is future of AI okay future of AI what what I what I think about future of AI I, I think things like um, uh, AlphaGo for instance and uh, all these big deep models more than just uh, machine learning that are trying to um to do things well, for instance the um, ah, i'm missing the, the the name of the technology or giving you a blank that will uh, github just launched um a, a ai uh, model that can build code from uh, text uh, I, I for some reason i can't remember the name of the technology just now uh, but uh, uh, we, we just launched it recently and for me this is this is the future the future is uh-huh. you being able to communicate with the computer as naturally as you can like we are doing now and his understanding of what's the task to be done is more than just an input of parameters is is uh-huh. is more meta is is more high level and for me that's been the, the vision that i have for ai for a long long time i remember in i was fresh out of uni uh, coming out of uh, uh, an engineering background and i was the only portuguese speaker in a, a event in lisbon called uh, um, ux the first edition of uh, ux lisbon so wow. it's okay. focused on on user experience and i remember doing a prediction at that time uh, 
look, looking back and now I have a little bit more experience I think I was so young and so naive to go into an event like that and and say things like uh, I think in the next 10 years like who am I to say that but the truth is I still believe in what I said at that time I still today would say that the future is a natural language and and I think uh-huh. it's been proven uh, I, I was 2008 so that's uh, Almost 13 years ago, I was saying that natural interfaces weren't touch. And this was when touch interfaces and mobile and, and tablets are starting to come out. And I say, this isn't natural because you, you, you don't have feedback. So uh-huh. touch for me is something that I can, I, I can pick up my, my, my mug without uh-huh. looking at it. But I couldn't push a button to get me the mug without looking at it, if there it was a touch feedback. So I, I was, I remember for me, what's natural is saying, get me the mug. This is natural. And <laughs> because this is what yeah, I would do yeah. if uh-huh. my girlfriend was here and I was saying, oh, um, uh, grab me that mug. She uh-huh. knows exactly what she needed to do. And she would get me that. I want to do this to a computer and say, get me that code, put me the file, get me in touch with Lisha. And it was just get me on, in touch with you and it was just get the call set up and everything. So this, this for me is the future of AI. And I, oh, I, I know that's, yeah. that's near. I hope that it's yeah. really near. <laughs> yeah, so AI is definitely for making the world better. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can take it that way. Uh, <laughs> going towards our next segment, which is more or about exploring your career work or volunteering. Okay. A lot of things actually. You host two podcasts. You have do the volunteering as well. But yeah. just to keep it short, we are going to cover one question under this segment. Uh, okay. You worked as a digital advisor. So how was yeah. your work experience, and what were your roles and responsibilities under that role? Okay. So digital advisor was the role that I left before becoming a, a cloud solution architect. Okay. I was a digital advisor for many years four, I think, more probably five. So, and and uh, um, basically that role evolved from the role called uh, enterprise architect. So my, my I, I came from solution architect to enterprise architect, then digital advisor. Digital advisor uh, is um, basically a, a role that the, respons- the main responsibility of a digital advisor is drive digital transformation in the customer. So uh, a customer would, and, and this is just to give you a little context, this is inside the consulting business of Microsoft. Uh, so that means uh, digital advisors are like consultants uh, mm-hmm. that you would, or uh, uh, an architect or a developer that you would get into a project to help you implement something. So a digital advisor has a digital advisory service called Exactly that digital advisory service, and a, a customer would hire in in this case uh, subcontract the, the 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 digital advisor to help them in the digital transformation journey. So a digital advisor will build that journey based on technology, based on the the business impact that the the customer wants to get out of technology to build something. And I, in particular, my my role uh, we had we had different industries and focused on the industries because a digital advisor must be industry focused. My role was very much into innovation. So I was basically doing stuff uh, that would basically impact the customer's uh, pipeline uh, four years from now, five years from now. And I, I, I did this. And something that I'm very proud of is that I'm going to see most of my work and th- th- those ideas that I've been building now that I left my, my, my role and now became a cloud solution architect. Uh-huh. I'm going to continue to see that impact for the next four or five years. And it makes me a lot, uh, very proud, but uh, mostly uh, I had a lot of fun. 
I had a lot of fun <laughs> thinking about stuff that weren't there, designing the future of television interaction and live uh, broadcasting yeah. and stuff like that. I was so happy. Most of the things, and, and, and now I'm also happy because now I'm not under an NDA for, for the new stuff that I do. But before, I couldn't publish. I couldn't talk about what I was doing because everything was under NDA. I was thinking... Uh -huh. What's the going to be the big differentiator for this company for four years from now? That yeah. means I can't write anything of what I'm doing in my day for the next four years because it's only going to be released in four years. Uh, so now I'm. Uh, that's the the tough part of being a digital advisor. I think it's that in, in my especially in the innovation part, like I was doing. Uh -huh. uh, the cool part is it's so far ahead that it's so cool that you think yeah this is this makes all sense it's going to take a long while to to see it uh, materialized in in the product uh -huh. but it makes a, a lot of sense and, and then you get to see it being built and like yeah this is this is exactly what i thought it was going to be yeah so, yeah. so cool <laughs> yes, yes. that sounds really very pretty interesting uh, role as well thank you thank so, you thank you so much for sharing and we are moving towards little closure and we mm -hmm. have a segment which is more or like tips or advice. And in okay. this segment, you can support your answer with books and courses for the students. Okay. So any tips or advice would you like to give to the students or the professionals who are looking to get into this particular field technology or the cloud computing and are trying to grow in that particular area or looking this as their long-term career option? Okay, okay, okay. So... Um... Yeah, for sure. First thing, first thing that comes to mind is um, do do stuff today. So basically, I think hard skills in technology uh, aren't like medicine. That's very hard for you to get those hard skills. You need to go to university to get the hard skills. Uh -huh. Today, technology is very accessible uh, in terms of online. You can you can learn. There's uh, Microsoft Learn, for instance, has huge amount of uh, online learning courses free. That you can learn how to code, you can learn how to administer Azure, you can learn, you want to learn machine learning, there's courses for that in Microsoft Learn and LinkedIn Learning and in all of these things. And there's other sites, plural sites, some of them are paid, but still very low entrance fee for knowledge in technology. Uh, like, like when I say low, I say zero to 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 none. So it's free, uh, and and you cannot say the same thing about other areas that you need the hard skills. I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't go to university, do uh, your path, go take an engineering course. I'm I'm an engineer, so and, and I. I it changed my life the way that I think, yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. still it didn't teach me how to program. I didn't, I, if I wanted to, to learn how to program, I wouldn't go to, to, to the university. I went to the university to become an engineer, not to become mm -hmm. a programmer. I go to computer science uh, uh, course, not to become uh, a programmer, become mm -hmm. a real good sci uh, technology scientist and, and do uh -huh. research on that. So it depends on what you're doing. It's, it's different paths. But today, if you're looking into this area, even if you're a veteran in another industry, go and take courses online and learn technology today. If you're a young person and like in in you want to and i would i would say young if you're a kid not not a teenager if even if you're a kid uh -huh. get involved in your community find a problem that you want to solve and solve it with technology learn the skill by doing it uh find the find a a, a, a volunteering uh, institution that you could volunteer and build their website build the way that they do business uh, help them develop the technology 
and you'll learn doing. And with that, uh, I would say, because in, in the interviews that I do, I normally ask a question uh, and still today, many people uh-huh. don't find that question uh, very comfortable because I, I ask, what do you do in, in your free time uh-huh. in terms of the, it's, it's not what you did. I don't want to know the project that you did in your work because someone else thought about the project and made you do and you're paid to do. I want uh-huh. to know what projects did you did in technology with your own time? Uh-huh. And many people say, I normally, I, well, there's nothing that and yeah. and then there's these times that people say yeah i build this code in github and and open source this and contributed to this community and i see you know when you talk with passion <laughs> that's that's the moment when those guys yeah they say yeah i contributed to this i was so happy that this happened and they're like yeah I yeah. see the passion there and I see that you're committed and I see that you love doing what you do. So yeah. it's not something that, because I did a lot of projects during my, my years that, well, I had to do because, well, customer needed it and I, I solved the problem, but there's a lot of other projects that I did that I loved and I was paid to do, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of others that I decided to do just because I had fun. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you need to have fun in this area because it's it's a tough area. It's not, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I normally sell this as something that because I love it, I yeah. people say, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you need to love this yeah. to be fun because if you didn't love it, it's a pain because there's a lot of math and there's a lot of studying. There's a lot of everything. It's not. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So very valid points. Actually, you mentioned that, you know, when you're passionate or interested in something, uh, definitely you find all the other opportunities to grow in that particular space. And you're always ready to take the challenges actually along the way. So even though like cloud computing is very hard, uh, it's more over like a challenging field as well to be in. So mm-hmm. that completely makes sense, actually, uh, you being in that field. And thank you so much for sharing this with the audience. And we have the last segment, which is more over like a leadership. And no doubt that you are truly leading your area of expertise. So what is your leadership style and okay. any specific leader that you always follow and admire and why? Okay, um, so I see myself more of a, a coach, uh-huh. um, a bit of a servant as well to serve my team. Uh, I'm always looking for how to how to help the team, and um, well, I see myself also as a, a visionary leader. So I, I normally am the the person that my teams look towards uh, in terms of uh, vision so where should we go what's the next thing mm-hmm. and in a meeting typically when i'm in the meeting people tend to look at me for 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 those things and I, and, and i'll be honest I, I love doing that as well so it's something that that i love it's not something that i do because no one else can do it i i normally position myself also to do this mm-hmm. um i'm a bit of a pace setter as well so i i'm the guy that tries to Put, push the team forward. So don't 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 drop your arms. Just go go fight a little bit more. We can do it. We can do it. We're we're, we're able. Um, yeah, and probably the, a bit of a transformational leader. I try to to build new things, not just innovation, to really impact and transform. Uh, I don't see myself at, as as um, 
autocratic or bureaucracy person i'm i'm, I'm far from that I, I hate that type of oh, leadership that is not a leadership style at all actually <laughs> command and control and stuff like that like for for i, I can even share this uh, for many times i, I didn't have this I saw leadership. I didn't see myself as a leader. Uh, um, I remember this the book, reading the book from um, uh, Seth Goodin, Tribes, and 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 really that opened the door in, in my mind to what the leader should be. Because up to that point, I think I thought leaders as the the, the manager or command and control. You know, the guy that controls your work or controls something. And I didn't. I found that I didn't have that many role models as hierarchical leaders. And mm-hmm. then. I found a new leadership style and then started looking for other mentors. And now I see leadership as a completely different way. You're, you, to be a true leader, you're, you're, there's something that you don't get uh, to be. It's something that someone else nominates you to as people recognize you as a leader in your community. And that makes you a leader. You, you don't want, I want to be a leader. So make me a leader. That's, that's not going to happen. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's for me. And uh, for, for things, and then I started looking at other leaders. You talked about role models. Uh, well, Bill Gates and, and, and Satya were for sure role models in terms of vision and the way that they lead. They, they were completely different leaders, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they, and, and they were what the Microsoft needed at that time, uh-huh. at that particular time, each of them. Um, I was thinking about things, other people like... Uh, Elenia, um, she, she's the creator of AlexNet. Elenia, I don't uh-huh. remember her, her last name. Uh, his last name, sorry. Uh, Elenia, he's, uh, he was the creator of AlexNet. At, and I, I remember the story. I don't remember his, his last name, sorry. But I remember thinking about AlexNet was the first uh, neural network, deep neural uh-huh. network architecture for convolutional neural networks. And uh-huh. at the time, he was building that uh, from scratch. He was inspired to do that. Uh, and he did didn't even know AI. You you learned AI, got passionate about it in such a way that it changed the way that we do AI today. It didn't come from the person that was the most knowledgeable. It was, he became knowledgeable through passion. And for me, that's inspiring. And uh, uh, sometimes I, I go to that point when I think about what should you be doing? You are, I'm not the best guy to do this. Mm-hmm. Are you passionate about it? Yes. Then you're the right person. You don't need to be the, the, the most skilled because that you can get if mm-hmm. you're passionate. And uh, uh, Ilya, yeah. uh, he's, he, he was amazing on that. Uh, and to, to that point, uh, sometimes even today I was reading about this um, uh, gold medalist from um, uh, in the in the Tokyo Olympics, uh, Anna uh-huh. and Anna, she's a bachelor in uh, physics in math in math. Uh-huh. She's masters in uh, in math as well, PhD in philosophy for math, uh-huh. and now she 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 she's an Olympic medalist as well. So, I think you can do everything, right? It, yeah, you it, sometimes you need yeah. this type of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such an inspiration. That is true. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I definitely need to check about the Iliana. But uh, this is really a very great leadership style to have and a couple of qualities that you mentioned, right? Having that region or supporting or pushing your team uh, mm-hmm. and making them get out of their comfort zone. Those are like a required things, I guess, being a leader, mm-hmm. because you are trying to make more leaders and not just the followers. So yeah. That's the important aspect of leadership, I feel. So thank you so much for sharing and being the guest on Solid Saturday. This was a really very insightful episode for me as well as the audience out there. 
So thank you so much. Thank you for your invitation, Alicia. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. All right, so this is all about Marco Silva and the way he's leading his area of interest, cloud computing and cloud technologies. And hope you learned some of the things from him and his career journey. Before we close, we are going to have a closure quote from Steve Ballmer, which is along the lines of, you know, um, innovation and uh, technology and everything. So, the quote says, we can believe that we know where the world should go, but unless we are in touch with our customers, our model of the world can diverge from reality. There is no substitute for innovation, of course, but innovation is no substitute for being in touch either. So on that quote, we are closing today's episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading, let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now.